0: Everybody, I'm Joe, I'm Derek, uh, Matthew is not here tonight, but we are your host for Beats, Beats Balls, and Bourbon, the official Groove Machine video podcast for Loose City supporters. Uh, this, is a, this is very unplanned, uh, unscripted, for a couple of reasons we want to get with you tonight, uh, but, but before we do that, just want to ask Derek how he's doing tonight. I'm doing real good. Yeah, so am I, man. This is a really exciting night for us. Uh, the first reason it's exciting is because we have a, a really great announcement as far as how we're going to be doing our shows from now on. We are moving away from uh, live chat on Facebook, and we are now moving to Twitch TV, Derek. Can you tell us uh, Can you tell us about that?
1: We're definitely moving to Twitch. It's going to be twitch.tv forward slash GrooveMachine3B. You will be getting a link on Facebook and on, well, all of the social medias. Uh, you will be able to click on that link, and you will be able to watch the stream on Twitch without having to use an account. However, if you want to participate in chat or use any of the... Um, the, the features that we're going to have in there, uh, you will have to make an account. Uh, we'll also uh, have, it will be subscription-based, so you can actually come in with Amazon Prime and subscribe to the channel, but we'll give you more on that later.
0: Excellent. And really looking forward to uh, to, to moving on forward, bigger and better things. And uh, for, hopefully this will increase the audience viewing and, and, and all kinds of things, because we love doing the show, getting a lot of good feedback from everybody. Uh, hashtag 3B podcast. Uh, please make sure that you're using that as well. So uh, I guess we can move on to the second really, really cool thing tonight. Um, we had to do this tonight uh, because his schedule is so packed, and he's got so much going on as an announcer for USL on ESPN Plus, amongst other things. I know he does basketball. Uh, we have Mike Watts here today, tonight, folks, on the phone, uh, I believe from his car or someplace in the <laughs> uh, cruising around there. Mike, how are you, sir? I'm
2: good. Thanks for uh, having me on. It's, it's uh Great to hear you guys are on a new platform and everything. Hopefully, everyone joins you guys on Twitch and um, <laughs> yeah, thankfully out of my car, but at, at least uh, okay. <laughs> at Thanks for making an exception.
0: Right, man. And first off, I really want to thank you for taking the time to do that. We know how busy you are, and as a fan of the of of, of the game in general, I, I and I mean this sincerely that I think you're doing a fantastic job. On not just the Louisville City games, but the other games that we get to listen to you on. Um, your coverage is really top notch very thorough, very, uh, you know, very intelligently done and delivered with some humor sometimes as well, which we appreciate. And uh, so w- w- I want to thank you for doing all of that. must be a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, it is. And you know, it's, it's ultimately, I, I think you guys get it. it. It's just, you, you, you fall in love with it. Yeah. Um, this is my fifth year with the league going back to the 2015 final and mm-hmm. You know, to be sort of along the ride for all these great Louisville achievements, the you know penalty kick wins in the playoffs yes, so and the USL know. championship finals. and
0: Still get chills thinking about
2: you know, I, it. You know, it's been really cool being a part of all this.
0: Yeah, and, and appreciate you having, uh, or appreciate having you along for the ride. But before we even get into, um, you know, the current situation with Louisville City and, and USL, would really like to go back a little bit. I don't think you've done any of the, the other podcasts or shows, have you, sir?
2: Yeah, I've done okay. uh, Soccer City a couple right, times right, and, right. and just sort of chatted about the league at large. But, uh, and I think I'm on Saturday, so... Oh, there you uh, go. <laughs> tune See? into that, too, as well as on Twitch next week.
0: Well, we're big fans of that show. Um, you know, Howie and Lance and Kevin do a good job on that. Very quick shout-out to uh, Final Judgment on Mondays and Bowerproof on on Tuesday, the Coopers, and also uh, In the House. On Wednesdays, and every now and then we get a little podcast luchador, if you like, if you speak Spanish. So shout yeah, out to those guys. Little
1: flavor, a little flavor there, a little
0: flavor, right? So uh, howie, take us back a little, and and How is a great, he he does a great job. I, I I'm a big fan of his announcing on the games with with Kevin and, and Lance. They do a great job. So Mike, please take us back before um, you got involved with ESPN. If you could give us a little bit of background about yourself, we'd love to know more about you.
2: Yeah, I grew up in Cleveland, um, moved to New York. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. <laughs>
0: Did I lose you? No, everything good? We good now? (laughs) Yes, we are. We are. We are. I'm sorry.
2: (laughs) Um, Yeah, I grew up in Ohio and moved to New York and uh, graduated in uh, January of 2015. Okay. And left with a business degree and, you know, didn't really know what the future was going to be. And and thankfully I got a call to do the 2015 final and Mm -hmm. that led to Game of the Week in 2016. And then, you know, Vista started adding a lot of these – Local TV shows down in Florida. So that's allowed me to sort of jump in with individual teams on a more consistent basis. And that's been a lot of fun. And, you know, along the way, started to add some other stuff. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the the Bengals preseason games I know air in Louisville. So that's always cool. How cool is that? Um, And and just sort of, you know, little things here and there for ESPN as as they'll have me. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you blink and, you know, four or five years have, have gone right by.
0: Yeah, man it does it does go fast but uh, I'll tell you what uh, it's got to be pretty exciting to get phone calls to to, to 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 do and expand your efforts. Tell me a little bit about the whole Vista deal I mean some people have asked about that and how all that works I mean I know that they do, I know we, we transitioned over from local broadcast to them I think it was 2017 mm-hmm. and, and uh, can you tell us a little bit about how, how all that works please?
2: yeah so it it really is a lot more common than i think people lend credence to i mean you know a lot of mls broadcasts that you'll watch are being done in a similar format either integrating the feed that you get from the opponent or doing the actual cutting of the broadcast the actual production uh, from a studio at the national level at the regional level you know the international stuff that i've done in the past is all off monitor, off tube, whatever you want to okay. call it. So it's mm-hmm. become pretty common. Um, Vista does. I think it's nine or ten teams, and, and works with local TV affiliates right. to get those games on TV in those markets, which is a massive step forward from where we were, you know, four years ago, where you know most mm-hmm. teams it's it's only going to YouTube, and the quality, depending on which market, was pretty spotty. Okay. And, You know, I think, you know, in that sense, it's come a a tremendous distance. But, you know, during the week, we'll talk with Howie. We'll talk with uh, John Hackworth for for half an hour or so and try and make sure we're keeping up to date and read the Courier Journal and uh, what's going on in in the market and and the good reporting that is being done about the team and listening to the press conferences. And, you know, you just try and make yourself as embedded – with the team you're working with that week, right? Um, and you know, by the time it's done, you know, it, it, yeah, of course, I'd, I'd rather you know be out at the tailgate pregame. And sure, who would be? And,
1: uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, uh, you, you uh, kind of get the the game in front of you, and and by the time you kind of dig into the game, you, you do sort of feel like you're there, like you're like you're into it. You know, you really do focus all your attention into the game itself. So. Uh, It's become pretty common, but it is uh, technologically way beyond anything that was even imaginable five years ago. In that sense, Vista is a a really incredible, uh, uh, you know, existence um, for for second division soccer in this country to make it more prominent.
0: Absolutely. And it does it it makes it a lot easier to reach out with quality uh, announcing to several, you know, several different markets, which was a bit of a challenge. For the teams when we first started, I mean, we were basically just trying to pull people in here and there. And that's a bit of a a, a, that's that, you know, you get what you get and, you know, you appreciate the efforts of everybody. But I have a question for you is the amount of time people have no idea how much, you know, back work goes on in, in announcing music, all this stuff. How many hours a week do you spend researching and preparing and how many hours a week are you on the air?
2: Yeah, Uh, well, like, uh, let's take this week, for instance, I'm doing a game Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I'm doing CONCACAF League, um, and then uh, SEC Network on Thursday night. So, you know, a new team, um, you'll probably spend two, three, four hours trying to get somewhat immersed in it, you're going to try and watch the, the highlights from the most recent game, if you can get the full game, you may actually get a chance to watch all of that. Okay. Um, you know there are weeks where you're doing six or seven games and so you're talking um, you know up to 25 hours of research for 14 hours worth of actual content on Mm -hmm. the air so um, the the best part of having been around Vista as long as I have you sort of have this this dossier of of info that you have accumulated from all these conversations you have with coaches and Mm -hmm. all the research you've done previously a lot of the guys around the league sort of move within the league year to year. Right. So a lot of that um, sort of naturally lends itself to you already have the research done, but mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, 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 it's definitely a fair amount of time. I think my fiance wishes I was home a little more right now, but <laughs> time of the year, You just got to deal yeah. with it.
0: It is. It's gotta, it's gotta be a lot of work. And, and the other thing I was wondering about is the experience of doing it uh, offset, offset's not a really good word. Uh, not being on site for a game versus being on site. I would have to assume being on site is more fun because you get to experience. I know I met you once at the tailgate last year. I got to assume it's mm-hmm. more fun, but at the same time, there's probably a couple advantages of not doing it on site either, would you say?
2: Uh, for one, I'm not sweating. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so that's a <laughs> watch. There you go. Um, As for Speaking for so those of us that play that drums. positive? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, you know, I did the Open Cup for, for um, uh, U.S. soccer this year, mm-hmm. and, you know, like, I'm getting tweets like, bro, find air conditioning, because I'm in Orlando, and it's like <laughs> right, 90% right, right. humidity. Uh-huh. I'm trying to tell these people I'm dying out here, okay? <laughs> Do you understand? Yeah, man, that's great. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's positive. <laughs> You're not sitting in traffic in and out of the stadium, but... Uh, you know, you can do two, three games in a day because you can sort of follow the sun across the time zone. So right, I usually right, right. do a, a Louisville game at 7 and a, a Fresno game at 10 or 10.30 is typically the way my schedule breaks out mm-hmm. week to week. But it lets you see both conferences every week and see every team in the league over the course of the year. Right. Uh, so all that stuff is unimaginable in, in any previous format.
0: Okay. Now, tell us a little bit about your involvement. You know, uh, not so much your involvement, but your impression. I know this is almost a loaded question because we're Louisville City supporters, and 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 I'm trying not to do that. But to me, as a person who grew up, who didn't grow up in the area, um, you know, this has really been an amazing experience. Regardless of how much I've, I enjoy being with the folks and being with the team, Get, just as a person who who's you know you have some sort of involvement with the team, but you're not dug in 24 seven. Tell me about what you think about what it feels like and and, and, and the, the, the personal experience you're having working with the folks out here.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'll say this. I think it, it would be easy to say, hey, he's being a brown noser when he says certain things on the broadcast. Right. When we're talking about the new stadium, right, right? I'm genuinely in awe of the stadium that's going up. I think the, the light fixtures are, are totally unique. I, I love the actual ball of it, the way the suites are laid out. Like, I'm a giant stadium nerd, so for me, yeah, I'm looking at this going, hey, get your season tickets, but I really do mean, like, this stadium <laughs> is awesome.
0: It is pretty amazing. <laughs> man, and, I mean, um, you've,
1: I, I saw a, a picture of uh, grass going down today.
0: Yes, they just started putting, that's right, they yeah, just whoo! started putting grass down. Yeah. Um, and when and now, uh, how much involvement have you had going to MLS venues over the last couple of years? Have you been to several of them?
2: Yeah, I've been to, I think at this point I've been to nine oh. MLS venues over the over the last three years.
0: Okay, and maybe a little bit of a comparison between what you're seeing happening here and those venues that you've already been into?
2: Yeah, I mean, naturally it's a little bit smaller. I mean, that's right. to be expected. I mean, there are a couple, and I'm not going to name names, <laughs> uh, but there are a couple stadiums where I'd much rather go to the game in Louisville than to go to uh, the, the game in uh at, at some other venues sure uh, sure I, I think it's right sized right ultimately you know like red bull arena i think is this phenomenal venue yes and, it is and, beautiful uh, stadium you know I've, yeah i've been there probably 10 15 times i live in the new york area so i grew uh, up i week, grew so
0: i don't know if you know this mike but i grew up in carney the town right next to where that stadium is
2: no i didn't know that yeah
0: and uh it's you know seeing that there i mean without getting into anything MLS or studio, that it really is, the, the inside of that stadium is very, very impressive.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it really, that was my first experience in working around MLS when I was a, a student reporter at WFUV at, at Fordham, which is an NPR affiliate. So we were credentialed to all 13, I think, pro teams in the New York area. So right, right. I was a college junior, college sophomore, and going to the Rangers, stanley cup finals back in what i guess i was 12.
0: that's a um, long time ago
2: so you know like red bull arena the press box is actually one row off the field so my right. first experience watching professional soccer on a regular basis was watching thierry henry mm. uh from 20 yards away and you're just like that's oh amazing. my god yeah uh, but the venue's great too and and uh like i i think louisville could stand up with just about any venue in this country you know it's just at Minnesota it's incredible
0: right so um, I've heard so I've heard
2: you know I, I, there's some good venues for sure but I mean Louisville is really impressive what they've done I think it's the class of the league when it's done
0: yeah and yeah, I'm, I'm, we're all looking forward we had a Derek you was you were to walk through I mean you were Mm-hmm. you know and uh i was
1: very awestruck at them yeah. yeah it's
0: it's and i'm not even a, i'm not even a stadium geek type guy like that but every time i drive by it i'm just like look at that place it's amazing
1: yeah i've, I've said it before every time i get stuck <laughs> in traffic out there i'm thrilled
0: yeah and <laughs> and i guess tell us a little bit from a culture perspective i i mean you like you've done once again you've you've seen a lot i don't know if people really appreciate how unique the experience has been here at louisville city we've changed coaches in the middle of the season i mean we had the one deal where you know our coach is doing the groundbreaking on one day, and the very next day he's leaving, and then we got three players coaching the team, and then we have a new coach come in, and we've managed to keep pace, and we've had our ups, ups and downs this season, but you know they're they're a freight train again. Um, that's definitely you know our, I I don't want to say our fans take that for granted because that's not fair. I, I I haven't spoken to all of them, but I think Mike, you can agree that that is definitely not the norm for professional sports teams, certainly at the USL level.
2: No, I, I think what people need to realize is, and I, I don't say this derogatorily, it's just a genuine fact. Going to a conference final or better every single year is, frankly, unsustainable as it is amazing, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's, it, it, in any other sport, we're talking mm-hmm. about the Warriors dynasty. We're right. talking about, you know, the the the, you know, whether it was the Heat or whatever in the nba or the patriots dynasty you know i know this isn't quite that level of of public knowledge where the whole country is watching but i mean Mm. that's what we're talking about right now the fact that you know this team doesn't have the biggest budget in the league it's you know building a stadium which certainly sort of runs into the pockets of the owners and and that was a huge undertaking Mm -hmm you know it, it's hard to be this competitive and forget competitive to win this much for yeah. this long it's a lot of extra miles on these guys tires Jeez. i mean to, to do this every year is just crazy so i'm not saying that Louisville fans are spoiled or right. you know that, that they don't and understand ger- what they right have, and they're generally like, not please make sure you enjoy that
0: right and I, i'm not saying that they are but it's a, sometimes i think you know when you when you when you have the level of success that this team's had so early and you sustain it through so many things and have so many tremendous moments. You mentioned, you know, one one of them we I always just go back to is the shootout against Red Bull two uh, two years ago, which is just a st- <laughs> I mean it's the the amount of good that we've had dropped on our lap, and then we have a stadium that we're coming yeah. to. You know, you just want you just want everybody to appreciate it, right? Yeah. yeah. Well,
2: and like the funny thing about that uh, penalty shootout against. Um, Red Bull, too, is I still feel bad because I don't think Richard Ballard wants to be Richie forever. But you that. here
0: I am going, on you know, the Louisville did Richie Ballard. Yeah, it's hard you now. I stuck with this forever, you know? Right, 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 right.
1: I call that game the Great Stadium Migration of 2017. Yeah, it was amazing.
0: Watching everybody run, watching everybody run over to the other side was something. Okay, so. That's good. Give us your impressions of, of, of Louisville City going into uh, what will we'll, I mean, they're in the playoffs. I, I'm pretty sure that's that's pretty much a done deal. Give us your impressions of the team and what you're seeing right now.
2: Yeah, I'll admit this. Because uh, even you talk to John week to week, and he'll go, yeah, we dug ourselves a pretty big hole at the outset of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the tough part is not getting home games. I mean, right. the Eastern Conference, in part because of Louisville, in part because of how good New York and Rochester have been in years past. Right. You know, the number one seed, or last year is the number two seed, mm-hmm. you know, all home games all the way to the final and then in the final itself. So, right. you know, that that's a big loss. It, the loose the, the City, is an is organization, has never gotten out of a playoff game on the road. That's they important. have advanced every time at home. So right. hopefully something gives there because it's looking like five or six is, is where the team is going to end up. Right. Although you know, there is a possibility they could sneak into four or three Or fall into seven where they get a home game in the preliminary round. So Mm -hmm. all that aside, if you look at the first three or four months of the year, Mm -hmm. uh, I I think – you're figuring out what's the best way to play your outside backs you know sean francis being on the left and oscar on the right the best possibility right. you lose paulo mm. you know you're trying to figure out you know how to work luke in but also deal with is lucky M. Kosana your guy right right, right. uh Ombe's hurt i mean it's like it was always something and the <laughs> goalkeeper injuries Yep. Like I, you know, I know as an academy kid, but they just signed another one. They just signed another
0: like, keeper. That's right. Know,
2: yeah. Come on, man. Um,
0: it just so it comes at you from so many different directions now.
2: Wow, you know, yeah. here we
0: go. So, and there's only about I think there's only five regular season home games. And you mentioned something about the standings. It's been a little weird the last couple of weeks. Red Bulls struggling. Tampa was struggling a little bit. You've got St. Louis, who basically the first half of the year was on fire and then the second portion of the year were dead and now they're back on fire. Pittsburgh's been having a real good run. Um, maybe for everybody that's listening give us a couple of teams that you would consider uh, a major uh, you know the major teams that we'd have to deal with going into the playoffs.
2: Yeah, I mean right off the bat if you're talking about like Pittsburgh, they've only lost I think twice in 16 or 17 mm-hmm. games. Yep. So they were sort of in that same boat at the start of the year where they they were just a little slow. They were conceding more than a Bob Lilly team tends to concede. Right, And and they figured it out. St. Louis, it was the Open Cup. I mean, the Open Cup absolutely creamed. I mean, you know, the fact that Louisville finished second last year while dealing with the same kind of Open Cup run. Yeah. Is fairly staggering. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Much less working with three coaches. Yep, and it's not like and it's
0: not like they had a super deep roster either. And they were dealing with injury. That's the other thing. They were dealing. Louisville was dealing with injuries at the during the Open Cup run last year, and they still managed to win the whole thing. It's just so bizarre. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry.
2: Yeah, well, I I like to tell people like, you know, like Hubbard was on the bench twenty five times last year as the third goalkeeper. Right. (laughs) It's amazing. You know. um, he, he was getting win bonuses if, if those are in his deal. Uh, so that's positive, I guess. But mm-hmm. I mean, you know, um, I, I think Red Bull on a given day could could give you a run. I think they miss Sean Nealis a, a ton against yeah. Louisville on Saturday because Jordan Scarlett getting pulled off at halftime as a center back is about as damning a statement as you're going to find. So I thought that was a, a struggle for them. They were yeah. stretching the game out. They didn't quite have the right pieces to pull that off although that's sort of their mo okay um tampa bay could beat anybody on a given day um i, I think they're starting to figure it out again but they're so defensively stingy yeah. i think indy is the best team in the conference if i'm being completely honest okay and if they with okay. their games in hand finish first they haven't lost at home since july 4th last year that's amazing so that's a that's a difficult – I mean, Louisville had a similar run where it was like 20 games in a row they had not right. lost at home. Um, they're on a similar run to that. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think they've got every, everything lining up for them to go make a run. But, you know, soccer's a beautiful game for a reason.
0: hear that. And I, I would, is there a team maybe in the conference that's up there that may be struggling uh, from a roster perspective with injuries that you think they may have to overcome or other teams are relatively healthy?
2: Yeah, I think most teams are fairly healthy. I mean, let's say Louisville fell into the seventh slot. I mean, Birmingham lost Chandler Hoffman, but right. they've managed to use MLS loanees like, you know, Brian Wright. And, you know, those guys have stepped in and scored the goals that I think they thought Chandler was going to score. And right. obviously I know Louisville fans have a love-hate relationship a little bit with uh, <laughs> right. Chandler for, you know, running up the score for six months and then sort of flaming out at the end. But, yeah. you know, he's he's a goal scorer epitomized. Yes, he is. uh, Where, (laughs) you know, like he gets hot and then he gets cold. Right, right, right. Um, But, uh, yeah, I mean, I I, I don't think anyone's dealing with some drastic injury issue that's going to derail their season.
1: I have a feeling Nashville might jump on the struggle bus. Maybe.
0: I... (laughs) I, and it's hard uh, for you to comment on that because you have to call the game. So we're not, I you, you know, but no, I will.
2: I, you know, it's not even that, you know. It's mm-hmm. just like I, I'm I'm not totally, I was never totally bought into them at the start of the year because I wasn't quite sure how Cam and, right. and, and Belmar and Rios were all going to coexist. Okay, that's
0: that's a good point. That's um, a very like good point.
2: I think, you know, the guys they brought in on MLS deals for next year, like Derek Jones, I think he's an immensely talented player. Okay. But, like, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't win the cup. I wouldn't be surprised if, if they kind of struggle. If if it's the 4-5 game right now, Pittsburgh at Nashville, mm-hmm. I think that's a toss-up.
0: Okay, okay. And I guess one other thing I'd ask you is, you know, is there a team that didn't, that really isn't meeting expectations right now that you looked at and you said, well, I thought we'd get a little bit more out of them this year?
2: Um. yeah. <laughs> I mean, your first thought naturally is like, why is Louisville in seventh? And I, that's a totally loaded question, right? Right, right so I kind don't think of. that's yeah, adequate. You know, right, I don't right, think that's right. the right approach. Um, I look at everybody everybody below them and I'm kind of going, that's more or less what I thought. I mean, like okay. St. Louis had such a great Open Cup run. If, if you take that out, you know, they're a 1.8 point per game team minus the time they were in the Open Cup, which, you know, you're talking about team on uh, you know, 55, 56 points, and race. they're yeah. literally competing for first place in the right. league. So right. St. Louis, I guess, technically fills that role. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone else, you know, one through seven, maybe you could, you know, haggle a couple, you know, one up, one down, or a couple up, couple down. But I mean, they're more or less where I thought they'd be.
0: Right. And I think that you start looking at the, the quality of this league and the, the quality of competition just in the last three years. It's, it's just gone up so much. I mean, it doesn't really surprise me. I didn't expect Louisville to be too high up in the standings this year. I was expecting, like, maybe a fourth or fifth place finish this year. When we saw the rosters. I really wasn't expecting anything. But, I mean, with all the experience, having any as good a chance as anybody uh, to, to move forward. But I, the, the one team that really, it just it boggles my mind uh, because of everything that they've been through and they've managed to keep everything together is Bethlehem Steel. Having been moved from Lehigh, having to deal with playing, and, you know, and they kept the team name and they moved it like 90 miles away. I mean, there's so many struggles that these teams in this league, and they're, they're just one example of, of teams that have, right now, Swope Park Rangers dealing with some some things as far as what stadium they're playing in and how they want them to go back uh, to where they were. I, I just don't think people, re- I think people sometimes take for granted how difficult it is for some of these teams just to put teams on the field. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I think that's fair. I think more so than the stadium issue for Bethlehem, you know, we're talking with the coach at the start of the year, and he just goes, all right, just so you know, we've had a philosophical change with the, uh, you know, soccer operations group within the Philadelphia Union. Right. We're going to go younger. They sold all uh-huh. their draft picks to Cincinnati. So you're getting none of these 22, 23 year old guys that an MLS team fought you know, it's worth using a pick on this guy. Yeah. They went totally away from that. And while the Union Academy is good and I, like Brandon Aronson is a really good player and mm-hmm. you know, there's there's like four or five guys there where you're like, Hey, these guys are gonna be MLS caliber players and that's right. fantastic. But right, right. You know, not right now, not at 17 years old. Right, right, right. that's sort of the issue with Bethlehem more than anything in my mind. Okay. You know, I I agree that that every team has their
0: cross to bear. Right. And and what's really weird in this country, before I move on to some of the West stuff, we're still sort of trying to sort out the whole university draft pick thing versus the academy thing. Um, I was wondering, since you've had an opportunity to see so many teams, can you give us a, a little bit of a perspective on some of the teams that maybe um, have something built up or are working hard to build up local academies versus the draft pick thing, or like you were just talking about with MLS, the super draft, you know, um, you know, where you know, the rest of the world really doesn't have to deal with that. Um, can you give us a perspective? Yeah, I
2: think, uh, yeah, I, you know, like I think independent teams in, in USL Championship, I think you look at what Phoenix has done. Right with their League 2 franchise, which is now League 1 in SB Tucson, and their academies are coming up. I think the one thing people forget about San Antonio mm-hmm. is that Darren Powell is an incredible developer of young talent okay. so in terms of building okay. up the academy in San Antonio where you've got all that space. I think that's positive. Wow. And underratedly, St. Louis FC is you know the byproduct of St. Louis Scott Gallagher, which is arguably one of the top five independent creators of talent oh, outside cool. the mls system nice. for academy players so mm-hmm. you give them that and then like at, at the mls level red bulls academy is flip and loaded um i think kansas city has done an incredible job of, of doing that with slope park over the years I, I hope la galaxy 2 gets to the point where they can really dig into that market cause right. there's a ton of really good young players there so mm-hmm. You know, the, the Dallas obviously has been the apple of everybody's eye, and they just put a team in North Texas for League One. Okay, so, okay. Um, hopefully those guys can move up.
0: And then I guess it's going to lead me, before we get into I was going to ask you some League One and two things. But I think the first thing is is to give us a little bit of a, a perspective on what's going on in the West, specifically that amazing run Phoenix just came off of. And tell us about Asante, because it looks like he's, he's just absolutely taken over down there with Phoenix. Yeah, and, he has. So if you yeah. have, yeah, just give us some perspective on what's going on in the West.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, I think Phoenix is, and, and you know, I just spoke with Rick Shantz about it. You know, the playoffs are the playoffs. You never know how it's going to shake out. Right. Uh, but for 34 games, undoubtedly they were the best team in the West this year. And, right. You know, I understand the East-West dynamic, where I think if you took the top eight teams in the league, I would bet five or six are Eastern teams and two or three are in the West. So maybe it's a little, you know, top heavy, but 20 straight wins. I mean, that's like, it's never happened in American soccer. It may never happen again. Um, I mean, we're talking like Manchester city stuff here in terms of running up wins. So, you know, Fresno played the literal perfect game Mm -hmm. against them and Asante missed two penalties or they could have won anyways. Um, Asante last year, I don't want to say played under Drogba's shadow or anything. It really wasn't like that out there. But, right. you know, the way they're playing this year with, you know, I think it's 78 goals in 30 games. <laughs> Jesus. You know, there's naturally more in, in that wide open style of play that they do play mm-hmm. and the way they utilize him. Like, naturally, his numbers are going to be impressive. But as impressive as they are, that that kid, and, and he's older than me, so I should <laughs> that right, kid. Right right, respect, right, 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 right. Uh, you know, he's like five foot six or five foot five or whatever. He's this small guy and diminutive, but you know, he's got this personality to him where like he's fun-loving, but you can tell he, he wants to put the whole organization on his back. He won Champions League in Africa.
0: Did he really? People
2: yeah. don't realize what an incredible player he was I didn't even, I didn't before even he know came that. here. This was, you know, an opportunity for him to come play in the states. So, yeah, he's legit.
0: That's phenomenal. Um, also. You mentioned League One and League Two. I don't. Have you done any broadcasting for any of those games?
2: Uh, I have not. I've I've had some League One and League Two teams for the Open Cup.
0: Okay. Um, looks like for a first year, just as an assessment. Uh, I mean, you have some involvement. It looks like they've had pretty successful years with both of those leagues. It looks like to me, anyway. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I think so. You know, I think their goal is to bring professional soccer into more markets, yep. and if you look at it in that context. You know, Madison, Lansing, Greenville. I think John Harks has done a great job in Greenville. They're a playoff team and right. everything, and, and the, the fan base is good. Uh, Madison, in terms of their social engagement, I yes. mean, the whole Mingo stuff is like a, a, you know, manna from heaven for social right, media. right, but. right. Uh, in the end, it's probably North Texas is the lose, and that's because you know they've got this great pipeline of FC Dallas talent that that's has sort of hit the bottleneck and never broken through, and now they've got pro games for them to play in right. that is at the right level. So you know, I think the, the, the League One, I, I don't want to call it experiment, project, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, has gone really well, and the, yeah. the attendance numbers, from what I can tell, are pretty good. Pretty good. I, I think it's sustainable, so that's positive.
0: And I guess the whole, I guess uh, as a fan, now I, you can't, I, nobody knows the answer to this really because we don't know what's going to come down the road. Um, the the argument for for USL, for a lot of soccer fans in the United States that are not following MLS is that they're hoping it f- to, to be more of a traditional uh, promotion relegation type deal. Um, I have personal, I mean, I'm, I'm a, I, I am for it eventually. I don't think we're ready yet. I think the infrastructure is not there. We're not even close. Um, but, what do you think? What, do you think if they can get the infrastructure together, they can get these smaller teams in 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 facilities that can handle it? Something that worth pursuing? Or I mean, obviously we're we're talking years down the road. I know the purists hate that, but um, you know I'm yeah. somewhere in, I'm somewhere yeah. in the middle with all of that stuff. I mean, you got the purists on one side who just think we should blow everything out. That's wrong. And then you've got the MLS folks, in my opinion, who are like, no, that's the worst thing ever. I think they're wrong too. But, you know, to have that type of structure, I think, it would be great, specifically for those smaller markets that have never had, you know, you can talk about teams like Tormentus and you're talking about Greenville, and you're talking about these cities that have had teams for a long time. They deserve a crack, you know, as far as I'm concerned. But what do you think about that whole deal?
2: Yeah, I think that's fair. I think League 2 is a little bit interesting because it's so dependent on the college system. A lot of those guys – will come in and play the 12, 13, 14 games over their summer. Excellent point. So it just sort of fits that that format. So, you know, League 2, I think that's maybe a big ask. In terms of promotion relegation and League 1 and the championship, like, yeah, I think that's hugely compelling. And I've actually grown a lot in that thought over the last three, four years where I used to be like, enough of this crap. Can we just move on? I don't want to talk about it. Right, right, absolutely. I'm kind of going like, you know, I'm I'm with you on this. I just don't think you're there yet. I mean, you look at a a team like Richmond, right? I mean, they were in USL, you know, the second division for 20 years and, you know, hugely successful for long periods of time. And they sort of looked at their, their balance sheet and sort of said, you know, I think the better fit for us right now is League One. Right, right. Okay, you know, like I think that that's a, a fair point. I hope in 20 years the development of soccer makes it such that, um, you know, like a, a team like Richmond going to MLS, you sit there and you go like, okay, now Zlatan's coming, or like right, you know the people right. like, oh, here's Manchester United at our stadium, of course, uh, so to speak. You know, like I, I hope that happens, but I, I think we're still a little ways away. Yeah, I, I think USL will probably lead in terms of that, but like how it's going to affect the pyramid on the whole, that I'm I, I, I I'm like genuinely, I can't wait to see how everything shakes out 20 years from now. If there's one reason I want to zoom forward 20 years and, and find something out, I want to see where the pyramid and where the leagues are and promotion relegation then. Like I'm very excited to see that.
0: Yeah, I think I, th- I am as well. And I, I just, the point is to do, if we're going to do it do it Do it in an intelligent manner that's cost-effective. And look, it's not like teams are getting in. it's not like there's owners getting into USL now over the last couple of years who didn't know that this is a possibility. Okay, because Edwards has talked about this for a couple of years now. So if you're willing to buy a franchise in USL, especially in Division One, you have to know that this is looming. You know what I'm saying? As opposed to the MLS thing where it's never going to happen. Um,
2: Um, And and even MLS, like, when they stop expanding, maybe they sit there and go, like, okay, there's no more expansion fees. You know, like, you know, the second division's thriving. I mean, maybe they sit there and go, like, all right, I think we're ready for this. Right, Um, right. right. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how that's going to shake out. But, you know, like, Jake uh, Edwards has been fairly transparent about what he thinks the future of this is. And let's not forget, I mean, he came through – USL briefly, he he went through the English pyramid. I mean, yep. you know, he knows all that. And, uh, I, I, yeah, I think he's well aware that that's something that, that the league is interested in doing sure. in the future because he, he's made it quite publicly
0: clear. Yeah. So, I, I mean, we're looking forward to that, too. I mean, here in Louisville, we're sort of, you know, if you're looking at it from a, from, from a competition standpoint, what else do we have to do? I mean, you know, we've been to the conference final four times. And I think we're a legit... We have a legit shot of getting there again. Um, so, fi- I agree. final question about USL, and I got to ask you this since you you have some knowledge. Uh, somebody's uh, somebody's uh, shows up at your house, and he says, uh, you know, can you? We need to know immediately who you think is going to be in the final. <laughs> <laughs> pretend, I'm, pretend I'm Uncle Luigi <laughs> from uh, from Hoboken. I said, get the hell off my porch. <laughs> <laughs> So give us a, give us a couple teams from each conference that, without without holding your feet to the fire too hard. Give us a couple teams that you yeah. think from each conference that that are legit legit have legit chances to get
2: there. Yeah, all due respect to everybody else, because again, you know it's a crazy world. You never like Swale Park. I never would have picked to have gotten out two years ago just because I all looked right. at where they were in the standings and. I go, oh, man, they'd have to play multiple road games. And then they literally, as a four seed, never went on the road because of all the upsets. Mm -hmm. So, you know, all that in mind. In the West, I think Phoenix, Fresno, and Orange County are the three that I think are most likely in that I think Phoenix is going to have the most trouble with Fresno and Orange County's style specifically. Mm Mm-hmm. So I, I think Phoenix has to be the favorite. I mean, they've been dominant for like Domino's. seven months. Yeah, it's so. been pretty amazing.
0: It's been pretty amazing. <laughs>
2: um, in the East, I, I think Indy um, is probably my favorite. Okay. Um, I, I I just think they're really talented. I could see them finishing first and being at home the whole time. Right. I, I do think Pittsburgh, Louisville, uh, and Tampa Bay, in my mind, are all kind of in that same you know, that that next group where I go, any of them right. would win it, I wouldn't go, wow, what yeah, a shock. Exactly, I mean, exactly. like, genuinely I wouldn't be surprised at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, look at Louisville on fifty points with a game in hand on on Nashville and Tampa Bay. I mean right. like legitimately they'd go be a top four team and only we all six forget. points out of first now. I know. You know, I know. Which is amazing. I can't to go,
0: believe he, it. five games could go with six out it's just it's been such yeah. a crazy
2: year. To jump five teams, like right. I know it's only six points, but like you're asking five teams to lose exactly. simultaneously. I know you're exactly. not saying that. Right, it's right, right. Like, no, no,
0: no. I'm just the know. fact that they're that. The, the fact that they even get a sniff at that at at, at the top spot. I mean, they're not going to get there. I, I think sixth place, yeah, sixth or fifth at the best is is going to happen. It'd be wonderful to get to fourth though, and get one of those home games. Oh, yeah. But um, uh, I think uh, that yeah. has to be the legitimate and, goal. But then again, you're only right four points at sure. uh, four points out. With five left, that's a little more realistic, I think. And I think we play a couple of those teams. We're playing Nashville. I know we play them. And, and uh, you know, we got Tampa Bay this weekend. Big game. Um, what Yeah,
2: about- well, it, by the way, I just talked to an Eastern Conference coach who, who mm-hmm. I won't name. Who, okay. You know, I, I, I lead a question on the call. I go, hey, uh, coach, uh, I, you know, I think sixth is a little too far away from you and I don't think you're going to get there. And he goes really. I'm like, well, I mean, here's here's how I read the math. He goes, no, I know <laughs> that's not <laughs> right, right, I'm like, right. right. Oh, he's yanking my chain. I hear uh, you, but you know, like, I think anywhere from three to seven is is a possibility for Louisville. Uh, yeah, if I'm being completely Absolutely. honest.
0: Okay, so that's. I mean, that's great to get the insight from you, uh, who who you've got your finger on this, the pulse of this whole deal, since you're so active. I mean, it's invaluable to us here, and we really appreciate you coming on. But I do have a couple more questions. Relative to yourself, and first question is, what do you see happening? Is from a career perspective, obviously, you know, when when you hit the big time in a few years, you'll remember us, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> Seriously, career aspirations. I mean, I mean, what, what do you think? I, I th- and like I said, Mike, I know I've got you on the show, and, and 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 we really appreciate it. And I can, but what I'm telling you, I sincerely mean, I, you do a fantastic job on these broadcasts. And and um, oh
2: man, I, I appreciate it.
0: And uh, what do you? Is, is there anything that you you know? There's there's plenty of different sports out there. What other sports are you? Are, do you have a passion for? What do you, if if somebody turned to you ten years from now? What do you dream? What do you see yourself doing? What do you think?
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's so cliched for an announcer to say this, where it's like they're all like my children. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, they're just different, right? So right, right, I, right. I did the NFL preseason for the Bengals and. Like I came back to doing soccer and, you know, I love doing football. I grew up in, in Ohio. I'm a football guy mm-hmm. by nature. My family is. Um, and I'm like, man, I sort of miss the ebb and flow of, of soccer and the way you can sort of pick and choose your moments to, you know, sort of take a humorous approach to something or to sort right. of lay out and let the crowd and let the, let the groove machine get at it. Hear that. Um, <laughs> through, through the broadcast and um, – You know it's like I I want to do multiple sports for a long time um I'm really happy with sort of the group I work with at ESPN and I uh, you know long may it continue
0: yeah yeah Um, absolutely
2: you know I I do you know football and basketball and you know a a ton of soccer and Mm -hmm. um you know I, I I do enjoy calling softball and baseball and lacrosse and you know, so I do a little bit of everything, and I hope that sort of sticks. I mean, I, I hope that, um, you know, like I think every announcer wants to work a network job, but, you sure. know, at, at age 26, like I'm, I'm sitting here going, you know, I'm calling NFL games. Like, right. The lead voice of, of a soccer league in this country. Like, I, it can't be any better than it is right now. Right, so, right, right, right. Like, I, I almost don't want to look ten years down the line because I'm worried it's going to be
0: worse. <laughs> <laughs> and then I guess one more question. Uh, you said something about being engaged, right? <laughs> so tell us a little bit. Yeah. So it looks. Uh, tell us. Tell us a little bit about uh the that wonderful woman and, and what you have planned in the future there.
2: Yeah, she is. She is a really wonderful woman. She's a a girl I met at Fordham, and Olivia is, you know, this, it's funny, um, you know, my roommate in college knew her roommate, and like, you know, to me, I just find it funny that like, she wandered into my dorm room.
0: Wow. You know, like,
2: I, I, it it just sort of happened. I mean, it's, it's pure luck, and I didn't know my roommate before we started rooming together my sophomore year, so, you know, it just like took a couple things falling in the right place. We lived in the same dorm for a year and never even knew each other. And, um, you know, I, I, I fell for her, which is obvious now. Right, right. Um, and, uh, you know, she's a special ed teacher out on Long Island in New York. Wow. And okay. I, I just think she's, um, I think she's a saint, man. Yeah, it so takes, it takes a very. She said yes, and I, that was a long time in the making.
0: It takes a very special type of person to do that kind of work. And we, her and I have something in common, because I, yeah. I I wandered into some dorm rooms in my day. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was, well, might have been it, a little dude, bit, I'm not sure know, I so knew like where I, I was.
2: blood teacher, that's why she fell for you. I'm like, whoa there. <laughs> I was uh, going to
0: say, I mean, <laughs> I wandered into a few. I might not have known where I was going, but, you know, college was a little <laughs> different back in the 80s. So, <laughs> But, man, Mike, I want to tell you, it's, it's so, much, uh, so much appreciation for you to come on and take in a few minutes with us. Hope you had a good time. And uh, hopefully, hopefully, we can get you on again sometime before the championship. You can give us a few minutes and let us know what you think is going to happen.
2: No, whenever, uh, whenever I can pop on, happy to do so. Sorry to the people watching, listening. Like I, I know I sort of, uh, you know, screwed up the schedule here. A oh, little bit, not at so all, sorry. not at all. No, <laughs> just uh, but uh, <laughs> appreciate just you guys making time.
0: Worked out perfect, Michael Watts, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much, Michael, and uh, have a good night and good luck to you.
2: Thank you. Cheers.
0: All right. Bye. Michael Watts. Michael Watts. That's a lot of fun, right? I mean, a lot of good insight there. Uh, I mean, and, and you see a young guy like that, so young, having that kind of career path in front of him, it really is really is pretty awesome.
1: That's pretty sweet. Yes. So, he's, he's got a heck of a gig, man.
0: Yeah, I man. Can you imagine doing all that stuff? But uh, so there you go, folks. That was Mike Watts, and we'll, we'll be posting that. And really good information. Uh, and also, once again, uh, as you know, Twitch TV will be our new platform starting next week. Uh, we have uh, Dave Walkovic uh, coming on next week. He's a uh, he is the ticket dude.
1: The ticket dude. The
0: ticket dude. Uh, he's going to be on, and also we're going to have a couple supporters, Aaron Leipsin uh, and uh, Matthew Hamilton, who is one of our capos, and a lot of good stuff planned in the future. Um, hope you're enjoying this three hashtag three B podcast. Uh, for a uh, surprise show. That was a lot of fun. It was fun. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you again next week. Hope you had a good time and we'll talk to you soon.
1: See you guys.